Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles, Brian McElfresh, and Doug Gravely. Hey everybody, how you doing out there today? It's time for the CFBDynasty.com podcast. We're through with week zero, week one, week two, week three. Now we're going to finally start getting into the meat of the college football schedule, which means that we're going to get into the meat of the college fantasy schedule. BMAC, Doug, how you guys doing over there in good internet connection land? <laughs> I don't want to be done with week three. I'm never going to forget week three. No, Gators. he's a happy camper, Tennessee bro. And I'm, uh, uh, life is good again, man. For real, for real. Florida looked great. ETN, one of our DFS sleepers in the DFS show, really showed out and crushed it this week. A lot of our DFS sleepers really balled out this week. So, um it was great. Uh, great week. Looking forward to getting into the meat of the schedule, though, like you said, Matt, where there's normalcy and uh, <laughs> it's just been a, kind of a lot of ups and downs. And, and looking at the running backs as you're building out the rankings, it's a little bit odd where you see the variance there mm-hmm. from week to week. So, so we're going to obviously talk about who to target uh, when it comes to player pickups and, and who you want to put in your lineups. But let's talk about the targeting call that wasn't that has taken the college football news world by storm. And that's the hit on Travis Hunter from Colorado last week. I don't know if you guys were watching that game live, but I've never seen a hit that was more of a player targeting another player with the intent of, I'm not going to say I know what the intent of the player was to injure another player. But it sure was dirty. Uh, well, and, maybe maybe let me rephrase this for you, because I know you're a long-time football gay guy. So maybe from the last, the targeting era, is that what you're saying? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously before, people tried to steal everyone's souls and then dance over their dead body. Um, <laughs> if you're thinking of like <laughs> Miami Hurricanes and, and whatnot of the late 80s. And... Yeah, you look back and you look at that hit, and even people to LeBron James are like, I've seen people thrown out of games for less than what Blackburn did to, uh, uh, to Travis uh, Hunter. LeBron of all the people. Yeah, yeah, of all the people that all I would people. not hear from, it's LeBron flopper but, uh, James. Yeah, somebody that gets carried off a basketball court for a muscle cramp. So, so what do you guys think about, that? About one, the play? Um, have you seen a play – that just is so blatantly obvious that the guy was intending to hit another player late. I mean, that, that play just seems just seemed ridiculous to me. So many, like, I, I mean, it was a late hit. Um, the best part about it was Dion's response and Travis Hunter's response, you know, kind of as you would expect, right. He comes out in a full giraffe suit and goes live on social media to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but and he basically said it's football. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I love their response. It it was a a late hit for sure, and he knew it. like the ball was on his feet before, or like yeah, at his feet before he like launched into him. So I'm sure there's plenty, and it's just uh, uh, you know, 
quite the reaction because it's Dion and, and his team and all that well, stuff. Well, like, to, I to think me, there's a lot of malarkey out there about, oh, he should get his scholarship taken away. That's stupid. Nah, I think, I think that, I think that the, the overreaction is exactly that an overreaction. However, for him to only get a 15 yard penalty for him to not be thrown out of that game for the conference after the game to not say, Hey, the referees did not administrate this. Well, we're going to go and suspend this guy for the next game where there being no reaction in that respect to me is the thing that we all need to take pause on. Because if you're an unscrupulous college coach and you see that your guy's not going to get thrown out of the game for injuring a star player on another team. And you're like, you know what? I just want to win the game and maybe we don't win the game. I just want to take my rivals out for maybe future games because Travis Hunter's now out for multiple weeks because of this dirty hit. And you're like, all I have to do is absorb a 15 yard penalty. That is not the signal that college football wants to be sending out there. And then if you're somebody and take this back to fantasy, if you're somebody in fantasy that you've got Travis Hunter and you're like, man, I'm sitting pretty. Um, you're one dirty hit away with no consequences of, of losing a star player. So that's the thing that frustrates me is that you're going to give, you're going to go back. Guys are both going to get up from a, from a normal tackle and you're going to go, Oh, we're going to a replay review because technically this is targeting his head scraped the other guy's helmet. We're going to eject somebody for a normal course of play hit. And you're not going to throw this guy out for something that everybody from that's blind can even see that this was a dirty hit. What do you yeah, got? Weird. Multiple flags on the play. And then on the flip side too, Shadur Sanders, Sanders, like on live TV, we kept seeing replays of him poking someone in the eye, reaching through the helmet. And it's like, normally you get suspended or, or flagged for that kind of stuff too. And we haven't heard anything about that yet either. Um, so, it's weird. I don't know. Like the way that game was kind of playing out, I was wondering how many sons Dion was going to have left by the end of the game. He had like <laughs> with the eye pokes and all that. It's crazy. Uh, I think he finally, you know, did though admit that one of them is his son. I saw him putting a necklace on him after he did something good. <laughs> I don't know if that's like the initiation. Like, hey, in order to be seen with me on TV, you have to do something good. But I don't. I don't know. That was kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, I got hey. the pick six, right? Hey, it was it was it was good. It was good seeing the the other Sanders son be able to do something like that. I was surprised wearing he didn't. Twenty one, wearing twenty one. Yep, yep, for sure. Now I will say this too. I'm also surprised that uh that Colorado State was not flagged for doing the Dion shuffle in the end zone after scores. To me, <laughs> to me, that seems like taunting right there. If they're going to be talking about taunting, I think that's pretty much taunting the other team's coach. It's just very inconsistent in the way the rules are applied. I'm not saying I would throw the flag. I'm just saying if you're going to throw the flags, make sure they're consistent. I just think with how that game, how that week was leading up to that game, there was going to be a lot of like, we're just going to let these guys put on gloves and duke this out because (laughs) this is intense. Like even I watched the entire game. It was 2.10 in the morning, my you know our time when I went to bed just because I wanted to see the interaction of the coaches at the end. Cause mm-hmm. Dion was like, keep the cameras on us. I'm like, what the heck is going to happen? Like, <laughs> I, forgot. Yeah. I don't, I'm like, this is going to be exciting. And I hope they punch each other. Like <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's let the game spill over to the coaches at this point. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Such hey, a I- fun game. So many fantasy stars in that game too. Um, oh, Horton. Man. Bro. 
yeah, Horton, uh, Weaver's killing it. Um, the Horn, you know, a lot of great stuff. Shador, of course. Um, and the new starting quarterback at Colorado State looked, looked good. good, and as he replaced Clay Millen. So, um, is that something we see for the long term? Like he's totally a good waiver wire pickup. I think we had him on our waiver wire gems on Sunday. The only thing I worry about is that intensity from that team every week. If that makes sense. They're going to yeah. be featured. Did you see the rating? Like they had a, a crazy rating. was insane. Yeah. Insane. And it's wow. crazy to think, it's crazy to think, BMAC, we've been doing this for a couple of years. I don't know if we have ever mentioned a Colorado player ever <laughs> on the show until Dion went there. Just, it's the Dion effect. And it's great because you've now got more storylines, more things to talk about in college football because mm-hmm. you have such a strong personality. Now we did talk about Dion probably a little bit at Jackson state. Maybe we talked about him a little bit, but to be at this level, I mean, when was the last time there was any coach in college football that was this polarizing and brought so much excitement to the game? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I know um, there's a lot more to come and I can't wait to see like just how their recruiting class um, does, you know, they're going to flip some big time guys. They're great with me. They're already trying. Yeah. That, they're a four-star receiver that committed to Michigan state when they, because they're losing their coach. Yep. Dion's already reached out to him. Yep. Yep. Um, Tennessee at Florida. That one was mm. exactly kind of the game script that I had hoped for as a Florida fan. But ETN came out, and you saw why going into like through the offseason, where we were just saying, you know, Montrell Johnson's really good, but ETN is different. Like he's an NFL running back, the way he's got great vision, but he can just. He's got a burstiness to him that's just different. And on the flip side with Tennessee, Florida took away the, you know, the three-yard passes after the first drive where Tennessee set a couple uh, screens uh, like basketball, illegal, and then um, (laughs) got a couple deep balls. After that, they did not trust him. Is it time? And I think it is. Is it time? for little Nico Iamaliava, where maybe his increased accuracy can fix that Tennessee offense. They're playing UTSA this week. I think it's the perfect setup. Um, if that's someone that you target as, you know, maybe he's going to get some garbage time or maybe he plays the whole second half. Maybe he looks great. Um, this would be a potential time to target him um, beforehand. But uh I like Nico, and I think we should see him this week. What do you guys think? I think so. I think that uh, <laughs> at some point you – man, and, and here's my honest opinion. Which is I exactly what we want. I uh competing for anything spectacular by the end of the year. So I honestly think what time is better than now than throwing this kid in for a quarter or a half, you know, a game here and there and seeing what you have from him because they're not going to be there at the end of the year. So, yep. It's one of those things where when he comes out and he does look good, those fans are not going to settle for Milton. Uh, Like back to back bad drives and all that. There was already fans before this year started that (laughs) weren't happy that Milton was the starter. So, Milton looked good in the bowl game against Clemson. It was not against their, their full team, of course, but hey, he did look good and he was accurate and that's the difference, but they 
play calling clearly did not trust Milton in that game. Um, there's a couple other elite stacks, and then we can get into our standout performers. Um, uh, how about Malik Neighbors, man? Jaden Daniels, the Neighbors, was incredible. They were two of the top five or six uh, points guys, I think, in the country. Mm-hmm. And then you also Granger to Lewis uh, for Georgia State, who I was looking at. And to be honest, like I was looking at Lewis to pick up in our league, Matt, but then I started looking at um, the fantasy playoffs. And that's this is now, like when you're picking up players now, you have to look at those fantasy playoffs. You plan for success in fantasy, right? And when you get there, you need to have good matchups. So now's the time, no matter what kind of league you're in, you need to be looking at the playoffs and picking up players who have favorable playoff matchups. And uh, Lewis does not have uh, – I forget who they play in week 11 in the beginning round, but it's a tough matchup. And then they go at LSU. He's unstartable until the championship game in the playoffs, and you just can't yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be picking up somebody that is going to be on the opposite side of those Week 12 uh, SEC matchups that are just going to get straight beat down. I know uh, many moons ago I had every quarterback on my roster injured except for one who was playing for FAU, and I feel like FAU was playing the opposite end of a money game in Week 12, and that just completely killed me. But, you know, what can you do? Uh, Back to Tennessee, I think that – one of the things we all might have made a little mistake about with Tennessee was because they were so powerful last year, had so many guys that went to the NFL. Not every school is going to be able to just retool the next year when you lose so many good, high-quality players, and I think we're seeing that struggle for Tennessee. I think we saw that struggle last year with uh, with Clemson. Uh, you know, with uh, they just weren't able to replace a lot of those high-end guys uh, that came in, or that, I mean, that left. So uh, yeah, maybe, maybe Tennessee. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Nico needs to be the guy to try and spark that offense. Yeah, and they've become a running team, and the running backs I think will still be valuable in this offense. But uh, yeah, a, a lot of people were rightfully high on Squirrel White, but man, when when there's no trust and and he's throwing the ball in the dirt there, Milton, then that's that's too too rough. How about the last one for this week? As a reaction, Alabama's struggles offensively, 17 points against USF. And so they, they've announced Milrow as the starter. There were rumors, and I would maybe think this was the case based on how they used him over the course of that rough game. There were rumors that he was suspended silently for that game and uh, wasn't eligible to play within the team's rules or whatever. So... Um, with him in the lineup, what do you guys think's ahead for Bama? <laughs> it is so hard to say. I mean, last year's Alabama offense was not the Alabama offense from years past. And maybe we're seeing a little bit of a shift. Maybe Alabama, even with all their top recruits coming in, is not going to have that that top, top line offense. Um, do I really think that's where we're going? Probably not. I think Alabama is going to find a way to turn it around, but there's definitely some big issues at that quarterback spot. I think Alabama's quarterback run is probably over um, as the way we've seen it. The guy's going straight to the NFL as high picks. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Doug? Um, I got such a different brain when it comes to this. Like I look at everything in general for this team, 
And man, sometimes, and I'm not used to seeing this, but even Saban looks confused. Like, what the heck is going on? Like, what are we doing? Why is this going on this way? You know, I don't think he's used to this struggle. Um, but to get on the Milrow question, man, it's so much more than a quarterback for me. I don't, I think Milrow is in, you know, he excels as an athlete, but it is so much more at Alabama than just that quarterback position to me right now. They're just think they're on the struggle bus. O line, man, for me, like they, two things. A, they didn't tailor the offense to Milrow. They no. they were running out, testing out the quarterbacks to me in a pocket passing style because that's what they have behind him. They've got Lonergan, they've got um, Simpson, etc. And they're more prototype pocket passers, and that's what this offense is, which if they don't tailor it for Milrow, it's not a good fit for him. He should transfer out and uh, you know be the next man up at Oregon or whatever. Um <clears throat> But they should tailor the offense to him. And then do they have the O-line to do it? You know, going into the year, we knew Bama was loading up big O-line. They were supposed to be able to run the ball. They haven't looked the part. They just haven't. Uh, They haven't been able to run the ball consistently. And uh, we'll see what's ahead. Um, I really don't know. I'm hanging on to Milrow because of his elite traits. If they use him correctly, he can be – uh, elite in fantasy, but still holding on, and we'll see. We'll see there. Um, we have the standout performances of last week. So Schrader last week for Syracuse put up 50 points. Salter for Liberty put up just under 50. Neighbors uh, 48.9. Daniels 44. Granger 43. Um, did you have anyone else? So those were the top performances of the week. And yeah, we've got that stack in there. Daniels to neighbors, which was incredible. Anyone stand out to you last week, Doug? And I, so it's probably not going to be an every week guy, but the fact that he's a freshman, um, Nick Anderson receiver at Oklahoma had 31 and a half. All three of his catches were touchdowns. He didn't have any receptions, week two but in week one he averaged 34 yards of reception like he just seems to be in the future a guy that could potentially be that guy where you're like you know crap where's he at he's going to beat us for a 70 yard touchdown all the time (laughs) right so um he stood out just because of future potential for me for that kid yeah i had the opposite of that uh only one touchdown out of my guy but the 20 targets for Nate McCollum in his first full game at North Carolina, if he's available, snag him now. Like uh, 15 catches, uh, about 150 yards. He gets a lot of those like quick screen passes, etc. Um, but 20 targets, you know, that's not going to go away. If that gets cut in half over the course of the season, it's still a good amount. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is five foot nine, you worry about his usage in the red zone, etc. But um, Mac Brown called him the the Josh Downs of this offense, which you know Downs was incredible in a week in week out starter. If you had him in fantasy, so Nate McCollum uh, really stood out in his first full game 
um, because he was dealing with injuries and stuff the first couple games. He got like eight snaps the week before. If you look at him just in fan tracks, you're like, ooh, one target for one yard or something little. Uh, this was his first full game, and it's important to know that and not just look at the data there. And uh, legit verified speed if you watch uh, highlights from the game and highlights from when he was at Georgia Tech. Um, he had like 60 catches, six touchdowns, I think, uh, last year for Georgia Tech, catching from a terrible quarterback. And now with Drake May, like this could be the start of, uh, of something great. So we'll see there. And, and I'm just going to go back to somebody that's a completely obvious player. Doug, you said you watched that entire Colorado-Colorado State game. Yep. In the first half, Shador Sanders looked completely mortal. His stat line was terrible. Second half, overtime, he was like trying to prove that he is an unbenchable quarterback at this point in the season. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. You have him on your roster. You need to have him started because he – the stat line he put up in the second half and in overtime showed that this guy can't be on your bench. He has to start. I don't care who you have, unless you've got Michael Penix. <laughs> I think that Shador Sanders is somebody you have to be starting. I, this week, though? This week, I, I would, think they're going to get smoked. I'd still I start agree. him every week. I'd start him every week. I mean, you until, until you see him say... I'm not the guy to start. I, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid to start. Well, we're not my at the issue. rankings point yet, but I like this. Let's get right into this. I was uh, going to say my issue, my big issue, and I'll just keep going with it because you know me. I like to, you know, I like to debate. I like I like this stuff. This is great. So when you have a Colorado State defense that to me looked like a different defense in the second half, they played more prevent defense in the second half i expected sanders to kind of shred their defense a little bit they were playing like 15 yards off the receivers it was really weird so i don't know i i still think that if colorado state would have stuck with the same defensive mindset they had in the first half it would have been different i have 23 quarterbacks ahead of shador sanders in our rankings simply because of the data like you look at um you know they're playing on the road at Autzen Stadium against Oregon. Um, it's a big over-under. They do expect a lot of points, but they expect a lot of points from Oregon and like three touchdowns-ish from, from Colorado. And while if they are all Shador Sanders, which they probably will be because Colorado is one-dimensional, they cannot run the ball we'll see what on happens. anybody. McCaskill is potentially supposed to be back this week. That's that. fine. The O-line's still going to suck. Like, I think McCaskill get good. He'll get targets mm -hmm. um, out of the backfield more than he gets carries, potentially. Um, so, I like Shador. I do think most every week you're going to be able to start him because, A, they can't run the ball. He might lead the team in rushing by the end of the year. He but um, he showed he can do that. He showed he can, <laughs> right. he can move around a little bit. So, but this game is the one where I've I find so many better players. Now, do you disagree there, Matt? What do you think? So, as I said earlier, if you got him, you got to start him. But I do agree with you when you got the data and you've got twenty-two guys ahead of him. You look at some of the matchups, as as we said at the beginning of the broadcast. You've got teams that are now going to be playing against opponents of their level. So uh, you've got uh, Caden Salter, Liberty, playing Florida International. Um, you've got uh, Tyler Van Dyke playing Temple. 
You've got Darren Granger playing against uh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, Mikey Keene from Fresno State playing Kent State. So, yeah, there's a lot of matchups that are even, even levels there. I guess it matters who you have on your team, but I, I would still say until Shador puts up a crappy performance, it's kind of hard to put him – it's, it's kind of hard to, to bench the guy, but just with what he's done so far this year. You mentioned Salter, by the way. It'd be interesting to see. I'm pretty sure he was a Tennessee commit, got kicked out of Tennessee. It'd be interesting to see how that game played out last week against Florida with him as the starter. Um, that, kid, that kid is something fierce this year. That's all I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I've got, like, you know, like Tyler Van Dyke against Temple. Miami's supposed to score 38 points. He's averaging 35 a game, whereas Shador Sanders is averaging 42 and a half a game, but they're only projected to score 25. So it's uh, a lot of these guys are good starts, but, yeah, I, I use the data to kind of select mm-hmm. – who we're favoring. Um, yeah. So do we move along? Uh, I to... say we absolutely move along. I say All we right. absolutely move along. People on the podcast, they we'll want to know what to we can do to help their teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so BMAC, where are we going now? You let us know. All right. Well, this next portion is the milk carton portion of the show where I don't have the drop ready. We got drops for the rest of the segments here, but uh, that's, that's on me. I thought I had that one done. My bad to everyone, but um, let's hear a little bit of this sad piano music and set the tone. <laughs> we asked people in the discord too, um, like who, and for me Jordan Curley at SMU it's not about last week's performance and the points he scored because he did fine a couple touchdowns four targets is his top of the season through three games so far for SMU Preston Stone that entire offense that's really really disappointing to me that he's only getting four targets i've got him in my lineup again starting i'm ready to get hurt again but uh i need him to perform how about you doug so for me a guy that you know was really close to my heart at one point and uh still kind of is and there was a team that was really close to his heart too and a team of wyoming who his current team played against this past weekend. And I just have to think, how did Isaiah Nair feel Oof. watching Wyoming against Texas, knowing that he was not there to play for either one <laughs> oh, and no. knowing that he wasn't out there to play for my team either. I didn't even think about that. Um, you know, <laughs> this guy, it it's like ripping my heart out talking about this, you know, like two targets all year. And I don't see that getting any better for him. So a question for you both. Do you ever wonder if these guys are like, was the grass really greener? <laughs> oh, sure. I do all the time. Like, oh, that is. I mean, an 800 and something yard receiver, 12 touchdowns in his last year with Miami or with Wyoming. Yeah. And <clears throat> he's on pace to get. 
like 6.8 catches this year. That's, That's like, rough. I just, I, I kind of want to just take a little drive. You guys know I don't like to fly. Take a little drive to Texas and be like, what are you doing for? <laughs> well, you can't you know, transfer it, again out to <laughs> it's, uh It's funny that you bring him up because I'm going to go with exactly the same scenario player. Dante Cephas transfers from Kent State to Penn State, was a top receiver at Kent State. Dude has been targeted six times in three games mm. at Penn State. Four receptions has got like 70 yards on this season. Maybe your butt should have stayed at Kent State instead of being a bench warmer at Penn State. You have hurt guys, especially in our leagues. We've got uh, Dynasty College to Pro. Somebody may have picked you up last year. You transfer, and now you're sitting on the bench doing absolutely nothing. You're on the side of the milk carton. I don't see you coming off of there. From the Discord, we have one that I also agree with. Like Willem T. I think, Matt, you're like partially to blame for this one. <laughs> uh, Barry and Brown with three targets. What? Who is Devin Leary, and why is he not using a future NFL wide receiver? Um, so I'm partially just because because Devin Leary was my quarterback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I haven't talked about Barry. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why why uh, Devin Leary's not using him. But come on, Leary. Come on, Leary. You're doing the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the red and white of NC State bad, even though you're not our quarterback anymore. Come on, man. You've got two there, though. Like I told you, B earlier this morning key another six foot three good receiver zero fantasy points last week goose egg goose egg like it's insane <laughs> to me um and then we got uh rara tiger which is one that i agree with too because i was high on this guy me Come too me too ollie gordon at oklahoma state are they just like do you just not believe in handing guys with great potential to football over there. I don't understand what's going on, but Rob Rod Tiger, I 100% agree with you. This guy is definitely on the milk carton for sure. In, in, in three games, in three games, Ollie Gordon has 19 carries. They got absolutely beat down by Southern Alabama, by South Alabama last week. Beat down. It's a 33 <laughs> I'm like, come on, this is Oklahoma State. I mean, I know that South Alabama's got another milk carton potential participant in LaDamian Webb. You know, he's he's found a way to work himself off of that carton. But still, South Alabama 33-7, I mean, stop acting like you're Stanford getting beaten by uh, Sacramento State. You, you're you're o Oklahoma State, we expect better. Brandon Lang had one. Will Shipley for Clemson that, you know, if you drafted him, you invested um, – uh, high draft capital in him. So it's painful to see what's going on. Um, but just like William in the uh, Discord suggested, I think since that first game against Duke, they're just trying to get Klubnik going. I think you will get a heavy, heavy dose of Shipley, who I'm pretty sure had a great game against FSU last year. Um, I think you'll get it's going to be the Shipley show this week. Um, and, uh, we're not supposed to get excited on this segment, but I am. He's in my lineup. I think Shipley's going to have a good bounce back this week. So, so you're saying you're going from tears of sadness to tears of joy right here in this one, one <laughs> segment, huh? Yeah, and we've got we have one more that is the yep. saddest of them all because he's like listing out probably half of his uh, fantasy early team picks. here. Probably <laughs> Sir Mocha goes 
Bangora, Singer, Wigglers, Curly, Hood, what's going on? <laughs> and Wigglers, I can feel it. I can feel that because I've got him in our, you know, open league. Um, I think I drafted him like round two or three. So I feel that one with you. Um, you know, some of, you know, one of these guys for sure, Singer. I wasn't sure how to feel about him at the beginning, but man, Bangora, potentially a great running back, and he's not doing much. Curly, one of, uh, you know, BMAX boys, he mentioned him already. And then you got Hood, you know, another one of my good, guys. Some good players here that you're just kind of like, Hood's at least getting like going targets on. or so a game. Um, he just hasn't, you know, that offense will open up as they as they get into conference play more. Because you got Davis Brin, Hood's quarterback there, averaging like 21 points a game in fantasy. I think that's going to – I think he's one that's going to blow up uh, over the course of the season, you know, with uh, Hood alongside. So we'll see how it goes. Um, we got one more segment here uh, reviewing the open. And before now listen, listen, listen drop, here. I'm going to take this open review because I feel like I'm the only person that is qualified on this show to review the open. And here's why I had nothing to say. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. We got, uh, we got a 24 team league. If you go and look at the standings, I'm now sitting at four and two. I'm in sixth place. I'm in position to be in the uh, champions league next season. My team is now still scoring the second most points in the league behind Oaktown, who is still undefeated. Dude is blowing everybody out. He's one of my only two losses. But you look at the table and you're like, where's BMAC? Where's Doug? So you got to get that little mouse button on your, your scroll button on your mouse and you scroll down and you scroll down and you keep going. You feel like you have to go off the cornfields. I mean, it's like if this was on the CFB Dynasty rankings, you'd be going to like into the 200s and 300s. You go all the way down. 20th and 21st out of 24 teams. They are literally down there hanging out with Kleeshreen and Carissa at 20th <laughs> and 21st are BMAC and Doug sitting unpretty at one and five BMAC Doug, what in the world is going on with your squads in the open league? How can you do this? How can you show your face in the open league when you're one and five, what's going on, fellas? I'm a sleeper, bro. I'm a sleeper. <laughs> it's we're three weeks in. I think uh, I think hopefully some of these guys that I have as we get into conference play, things will agree level out. But um, it's rough to be honest, and it's sad. And uh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, but that's that's too bad because there's one matchup. There's a matchup at the bottom of the table. So I play BMAC in the open the open league this week, but Doug. I want to know how is it going to be in the office this week with you playing versus Carissa? You're at one and five. She's at zero and six. Somebody has to get a win that is going to be undeserving of getting a win in this game. Is it going to be you? Is it going to be Carissa? What do you think? So I haven't looked at Chris's team, but I really think it'll be me. Um, for the simple fact that yes, we're getting back. We're getting into conference play. A lot of my players, for real have played like a half of a game. Um, I, I got receiver Odunze from Washington who hasn't played a whole game yet. You know, I've got McCarthy who really hasn't played a whole game or played against a team that he has had to play at the top of his game. And then the one that's hurting me again, 
though, and I mentioned him already, is Ollie Gordon. I don't know what is going on there, but I know that the moment I take him out of my lineup is the moment he's going to be the Ollie, Ollie Golden that, or Gordon that I expected. So I'm just rolling with him. Um, and I don't know. We'll see. Matthew Golden hasn't really produced for me yet. Um, I blame it on the the quarterback there. Um, it's not Golden's fault. I love you, bro. Um, I blame it on your quarterback. But I really think it's gonna be it's gonna be me. It has to be me at this point. I cannot be the first one to give somebody a win. It, it just can't happen. So, but Are what's you, gonna happen if, if you lose to if you, not see me. If you lose to Carissa, how is the vibe going to be around the office? And BMAC, are you going to make it as uncomfortable as you possibly can for well, Doug? The positive is I can be ruthless. To Carissa. I will, will be ruthless. I can legitimately work from home every day and not have to see anyone. That's so it's fine. I just, I just, want to let, <laughs> I just want to let you know that the entire CFB Open universe is rooting for Carissa to get her first win this week against <laughs> you. Just, just because of the fun. If she wins, BMAC, listen. If Carissa beats Doug this week, we've got to have her on the show next week. We'll do a, a special, we'll do a special short. We'll do Guaranteed. a special short or something to you if she does. It'll be Guaranteed. Fun. We'll bring her on. All right. We're going to move on. Well, let's pick up the pace a little bit to um, news and notes, Doug, here. It's, I'm kicking right. it to you. News right. and notes around college football. All right, y'all. So we've got some news and notes. Uh, got quite a few, so I'm going to go through them pretty quickly here. Rocket Sanders, um, somebody that I personally love as a running back. He's Aww. participating in individual drills but does, is not wearing pads. Apparently he's still got that lingering knee, issue, uh, knee injury. So be mindful of that if he's on your rosters. Kendall Milton for Georgia has not practiced this week. Uh, Georgia has been hit with the injury bug at running back for sure this year. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Cam rising. Goodness. Somebody that we have been like the suspense is killing us over here. Cause I know some people have drafted him and are just waiting for him yeah. to play. Um, medical staff is supposed to make a decision tomorrow. Ooh. So he has been practicing, but no contact practicing. So they're going to make a decision tomorrow on where he's at. And then Iowa, arguably tight end university. Luke Lachey, tight end. He's getting surgery today. He's out for the season potentially. So Dang. I believe their other tight end is all, correct? Yes. So he may be shooting up uh, some draft boards here or some waivers, really, if, if he's not on a team. Then you got Zakaria Franklin, another guy that we wonder, was the grass really greener for you? Um, he's practicing now, but with a no-contact jersey. Jaden Ott for Cal running back should play this weekend, was out last weekend. And Trey Harris, kind of a surprise at Ole Miss, uh, the, the sleeper of Ole Miss, if you will, this year um, with all the hype around Zakaria Franklin. Uh, he was limited in practice this week. I think he's going to play based on what like Lane Kiffin addressed right, right. and pre He's been limited, so. Yeah. But he is. They, I think the quote I read from Kiffin is hopeful to play this weekend. Yeah. Um, and Antoine Wells, this poor fella. I feel like he, he'll play a week and then he's hurt. He'll play a week and then he's hurt. Um, super talented when he plays. Yep. Got a touchdown against Georgia and then. Yeah. 
came up hurt right after the touchdown. He's out again this week. It was a crucial like third and 15 or something like that too. Yeah, yeah. To a, a great touchdown. Will Howard, quarterback for Kansas, and Treshawn Ward. So running back for Kansas, Treshawn Ward is doubtful. Will Howard is questionable. Um, it is a leg injury, so keep a close eye on that. Um, and then you got McCaskill, we've already briefly mentioned. He's started practicing with contact this week. So Dion is hopeful that he'll be able to come in and participate. Then Frank Gore uh, got roughed up a little bit last week, and he's probable to play. Casey Thompson, quarterback for FAU, which this could affect your receivers at FAU. This could affect everybody. Yep. More an ACL. He's out for the year. Out for the year. Yeah, we were high on him. Like, we moved up LeJante Wester, et cetera, in the preseason at receiver because uh, Thompson committed there to FAU. But, yeah, this this uh, this hurts for sure. It's and then you've got Ollie Jennings, receiver at Virginia Tech. No timetable for his return. So that could be pretty bad. Um, then you got Anthony Grant, running back for Nebraska, is now the starter. So the, I remember in the Discord earlier in the year, they're like, what the heck's going on with Gabe Irvin? They said he was going to be the guy. Well, Gabe Irvin's got apparently the hips of an old man, and it's broken and all messed <laughs> up and jacked up, and he's out for the season. So Anthony Grant is now going to be the guy at Nebraska. So um, that's what we got for news and notes right now. I'm sure there'll be more, and as there's more, I'll be sure to post them on Discord for you guys. One, one yep. other one other quick note is uh, Arizona State. If you've got somebody playing against Arizona State, your defense especially, they finished their last game with their fourth-string quarterback. Their top three quarterbacks were all injured. Rashada out four to six weeks. Um, they're hoping to have um, they're hoping to have their second and third string back hopefully for this week. But they probably are going to start their game with their third string quarterback if he's healthy. If not, it's going to be their fourth. That is an offense that is in an absolute mess right now. So if you've got a defense playing against Arizona State, you might want to start them. I mean, they're bad enough that Oklahoma State beat them earlier. Um, they may need right. some uh, offensive line help in the offseason <laughs> this year. Let's move along here and talk waiver wire real quick. We push this out every Sunday, and uh, that's, that's so that it – you know, gets out there before waiver wires and everything. So we'll talk about it a little bit here for a quick segment. Waiver wire gems. All right. So we talked about them earlier. Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, Colorado <laughs> State, um, young guy, and uh, came in for Clay Millen, got the start, and put up some points um, against Colorado in a rivalry game. He looked really good, and I think, um, you know, that connection uh, there with him and the receivers is just going to get better over the course of the year. Um, we talked about Haynes King, like a little comeback story here for Haynes King. Um, doing well at Virginia Tech, averaging 38.5 fantasy points a game. We'll see as he gets into ACC play um, how that lasts. Uh, Salter we talked about, Granger we've talked about. I think those are known commodities now, but they're still only rostered in 34% and 41% of all leagues. Um, I like Brady Cook, man. Missouri looks good, and he's got a future NFL star at receiver, sophomore Luther Burden. 
So I think Cook kind of leaning on Burden, being able to move the ball around a little bit, that's that's a – if you're looking for someone who's not going to be, you know, an elite fantasy presence but might be a good streamer here or there on a bye week need yep. with a good matchup, you know, that could be good. Mikey Keene, man, Doug, tell me about him. I know you're surprised he's still out there. We were high on him during the season. He's averaging almost 30 points a game, and as they get into – conference play it's only going to get better only rostered right. in 27% of leagues incredible so, man mikey keen sophomore so if you have one of those you know kind of holdover leagues or um you'd have him for a couple years as well and he's going to be the guy for a couple years um just what i see from him man he's he's so good but he just doesn't get a lot of credit um, he's a battler. When I've watched Fresno's games this year, you know, because a lot of them are on ESPN Plus, and I got like three TVs in my back room, and I, you know, watch a bunch, as many games as I can. But he is a he's a battler. He loves to battle. Um, and his schedule, he's got Kent State this week, Nevada next week, Wyoming the week after, and Utah State the week after that before their bye. Then after the bye, UNLV. Boise, San Jose State, New Mexico, and San Diego State, all in the bottom 75% of passing defenses in the league. Like, this is a guy that I don't think you can call even a streamer. Like, this is a guy that potentially will start for your fantasy team three, four, maybe five times this year, depending on who you have at quarterback. Another one like that for me is Harrison Whaley, who we we kind of advised to wait a week because he's coming oh. back from an injury. Shoot me. And the- then he gets the 62-yard touchdown run. They were totally outmatched in, in their opponent. But a lot of Wyoming talk on the show. Hey, whatever. Um, I've, I've seen Wyoming play live in the Swamp before and uh, interacted with some of their fans. It's fun. <laughs> But uh, he's back from an injury and, you know, 20 points is going to be like he's going to be a week in, week out starter, only rostered in 43% of leagues. So there's a lot of leagues that are sleeping on him and uh, absolutely should not be. Mm-hmm. Um, Roydell Williams for Alabama. Um, don't know how this is going to play out um, over the course of the season, but he led the team in carries kind of by a lot. So, um if he takes over as running back one there at Bama, that could be a really, really nice one if they go run heavy over the course of the year. Um, Jacoby George from Miami continues to score touchdowns. How will he do in, in competitive games? Well, we saw him against Texas A&M do well. And I think uh, just will he be the guy we'll see more and more over time? And then <clears throat> Lincoln Victor, there's some more kind of mentioned on there. Uh, Jordan Watkins, etc. But, anyways, um, anyone else there, Matt, that you wanted to talk about on waiver wire gems before we move along here? I, I think it's all right for us to move along because I'm I'm looking forward to getting to some brisket locks. Okay, okay. Well, first we're gonna do some streamers and let's let's get to go it. streaming. All right, Doug, I'll let you kick it off here. I know you've got a few. I've got a few streamers. So someone might ask, all right, what is a streamer? Well, a streamer is basically um, 
kind of a lower rostered kind of player who may be available on the waiver wire for you to pick up and use uh, and abuse for a week or two. <laughs> um, or potentially, yeah, maybe like Doug's first guy, he'll end up being a, a normal starter for you. So I've got, again, we talked about him already, uh, Keen for Fresno State for sure. Um, we said only rostered in 27% of leagues. Like, stupid. He's, he's a guy that, <laughs> you know, I'd say pick up now, not just for streaming purposes, but for potentially looking at every week starter kind of guy. Yep. Um, and then my other one, with the news of Treshawn Ward for Kansas State being out this week, and who knows how long in college football anymore. We don't know if it's one week, two, That's right. three. Um, DJ Giddens for Kansas State is rostered in 22% of leagues. When he has played, he's averaging six yards of carry this year. Love so, it. Um, he is my my other streamer for sure, DJ Giddens out of Kansas State. Yeah, Georgia for me, all kinds of trouble at running back with healthy and what you know, Kendall Bill. Uh, dealing with injuries. It's just never going to end for him. I feel bad for him to have those players that are just always uh, hurt. So, Dewan Edwards, he started last week anyways against South Carolina. Got plenty of touches. I like him a lot this week and potentially moving forward if he just takes over RB1. Um, they played so different in the second half. And uh, if, if that Georgia appears and uh, he plays angry, plays with an edge, and Juan Edwards is that starting running back. I love, love, love that pickup there. I've got Troy uh, running back, Kamani Vidal, and uh, I think he hasn't got a touchdown yet, but he gets plenty of touches. Mm-hmm. Touchdowns will follow, um, like Vidal a lot for the rest of the season. Um, Steven McBride, receiver for Hawaii, and then this week especially, as we wait for the beatdown, Oregon against Colorado, uh, give me like, and it's like I think the same in DraftKings and whatnot. These teams that are going to score a ton of points. Give me that wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I like Tez Johnson this week against Oregon as someone. If you're desperate, need to pick up somebody who's uh, available on the waiver wire. I think it's a good one at receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I will Matt bring up the the rankings real quick to kind of talk about. Um, this so we put these out um, every week, obviously on typically Tuesday. Um, so there's been a little bit of adjustment though. So um, in the past, we've had the past few weeks, we've used SP Plus to kind of help us understand the strength of the defense against the run or the strength of the offense total. Blah blah blah. Now, we've removed those. I think we've got three you know, data points, potentially four for some teams, where we're starting to see defense versus the pass and defense versus the rush for year to date. Um, it's updated previously when we had this. It was last year's data until we have some significant data points here. So these will change every week as we adjust them throughout the season based on how they perform. Um, so that you'll be able to see, um, you know, how these teams are. And right now it's a little bit, um, wonky because there's been some plenty of mismatches and whatnot, but, um, 
we'll see these change every week now, and that'll be important to kind of know how good is that pass defense you're going against, how good is the rush defense you're going against. And then you'll see W1, W2, W3 as columns, and these are new. We'll keep a trailing three weeks there. So meaning the most recent three weeks so that you can get um, like a glimpse of how they're performing, how they're trending, that kind of thing. Historically, I used to do this to help me spot injured players um, and whatnot, but it's, it just became good data that everyone kind of wanted to see over time. So we've got those uh, most recent three weeks added to the to the spreadsheet there so um if you have questions or anything of course hit me up on the discord but um the rankings are there it's based on all the data and we present the data to you um and if you hate that data then (laughs) let me know too because i'm a spreadsheet person i like to provide kind of show my work and provide that in there and we we talk about rankings throughout the week and made an adjustment actually right before the show based on some of the news we got. So this stuff will will stay up to date. It changes as news comes in. So, um, yeah, questions or anything, let me know. Um, we'll see more of this stuff become more normalized over time. But, dang, with all the mess matches, and you see it in the week one, two, and three data trends there, like there's a lot of variance there in terms of how they perform. But what's not new is Rasheen Ali, number one running back in fantasy points per game so far this year. Um, He's just a killer. But anyways, any questions or did I miss anything there, Matt or Doug, before we move along? Nope. No, not at all. I think, I think that uh, I, I love, I love looking at the rankings every year and seeing brand new names and brand new, uh, Brand new people at the top. Last year, we had a few schools we talked about every single week, and those schools are barely even represented in the top 20 this year. So it just it's fun. It's fun. It's not the same stuff over and over every year. Two segments left, and let's get to the brisket lock. It's time for the brisket lock. I got a bad taste in my mouth. I'm going to take this one and start. So I don't even want to talk about last week, but it was the first one that I had that underperformed. And that underperformance is an understatement because he totally bombed. Stefan Cobbs was terrible. Um, He's a a drop candidate. We'll have him on a, a future barbershop segment, I'm sure. This week, I'm cleansing with Malachi Corley. He's only averaging 13 fantasy points per game so far for Western Kentucky, but they get an evenly matched opponent this week. Um, He busted out, man, a few times last year where he'd have three touchdowns in a game. Um, I want to see Malachi Corley break out this week and uh, like him a lot at Western Kentucky. I think he's going to do good, too, considering he's uh, still coming back off an injury. That's part of the reason why his performance has been down. So I think that he's uh, I think he's going to get back to where we where we where he is, who we thought he was kind of thing. <laughs> Doug, what about you? Who's your brisket lock for this week? Man, a kid that I've been keeping a close eye on since the beginning of the season and 
Mac will be one of the first ones to tell you this, that I've mentioned this guy a couple times just in conversations with me and ha- him, but LJ Martin, freshman running back from BYU, who got the start last week. Uh, Robbins is a little dinged up, but I still think that they haven't been happy with what Robbins has contributed to the running game in BYU. Um, and Kansas has given up five yards of carry right now. So I'm going to go with LJ Martin, who had a really nice game last week as his first game as a starter. And I think he's going to continue that push. It's good analysis. I love it. All right. I'm going to go with Kefeli uh, Ashlock, somebody we've talked about um, quite a bit, the freshman wide receiver from Hawaii. And here's why. He gets an incredible number of targets every game. Uh, he's got nine, 12, nine. And then this past week, Hawaii was playing at Oregon, still had eight targets and eight receptions. He caught everything that was thrown his way and still had eight receptions against Oregon. This week, they're playing at home versus New Mexico State in a midnight start game. So they're going to have all the advantages in the game against a weaker opponent. I think he has a chance to break out, potentially have double-digit catches in this game this week. Nice. Mm, love it. All Midnight right. start. Goodness gracious. Makes me frustrated, too, because I hate all these games where this is going to be multiple weeks in a row, three weeks in a row. We have to stay up till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning to see how my teams perform. <laughs> but what can you do? <laughs> DFS Host Battle. All right. Well, each week we pick a DraftKings lineup. We pick the biggest player pool, which we don't have to, but that's just what we have been doing. Um, so we've got our Saturday slate of DFS. We're in DraftKings doing the host battle here where we unveil our lineups. We don't talk about it at all before the show and compete against each other for money. So, And, and for can- those of you wondering, Doug has been on the struggle bus. <laughs> So just pick Doug's lineup if you expect a comeback, or you can <laughs> roll with mine. Comeback I, story. Woo! <laughs> I edged the the win the last two weeks. Uh, Matt won the first week, so here we are. Oh, you dropped week. the beat down this past week, man. Don't 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 undersell it. You were, edge. it was a no. Smack you down. you dropped the hammer this week. I tried to go a little different direction with my lineup. It did not work, and BMAC dropped the freaking hammer. Yeah, I got smashed. Two weeks in a row, I've been absolutely smashed. It was it was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment this week. I was embarrassed to even look at my lineup. So congrats, BMAC, on getting your first absolute beatdown of the year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just glad I can donate to y'all's fund every week. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> all right, why don't you lead us off, Doug? Who you got? Boom. All right, so... I've got a really cheap stack here, which I'll get into. Um, but at quarterback, I went with Slavis this week um, for BYU against Kansas uh, at $5,700. Then running back, Bailey for TCU at 64 Then I went with Shipley at 57 against FSU. Then um, Oklahoma quarter or receiver, Andrell Anthony against Cincinnati at 5,300. Then one of our boys that we just talked about a little bit ago, Tez Johnson for Oregon against Colorado at 59. 
And then I'm expecting a bounce back, a start this year for Roberts at BYU, the Slavis Roberts um, combination. He was only 4,500. So mm. I'm trying to that's trying to do one. some things that BMAC has been doing that's been kicking my rear end and get a couple guys that I think are going to step it up a little bit, get some value from my money to where I can do what I did just now with my last two. So at Flex, I've got Stewart for Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, at 6,700. I almost had Stewart. I love that pick this week. I and know they're playing Auburn, but... My super flex, I'm going with two stacks this week. My super flex, because of my value, I went with Bo Nix against Colorado. Ooh, I love the Bo Nix play. I really thought about trying to get him in my lineup, but uh, didn't make it happen. So I'll give mine, and then Matt, you can give yours and close yep. this out here. Sounds um, good. I've got... Preston Stone at quarterback. You know, SMU is playing at TCU. <clears throat> Their defense is uh, pretty terrible. So I think both defenses are pretty terrible in that game, um, which is why I have some other players from that game. But at running back, I've got Rasheen Ali. Uh, he's $6,000. him. the number one running back in fantasy right now in points per game. So uh, that's an easy pick for me. And then I've got Will Shipley. Uh, Also, Doug, same as you, 5,700. Clemson at home against FSU. I expect Florida State to win, but I think Clemson's going to go with their only known commodity there and Will Shipley. Um, I've got Doug's boy at wide receiver, Troy Franklin, $6,900. And then I'm ready to get doubly hurt. I've got him in my (laughs) fantasy lineup. I've also putting some money down on a breakout performance, please. Jordan Curley, please. I just need some help here. Please. 5,300. Pretty please. All right, well, I am, I am then, Hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, I still got a couple more bad. here. You're good. My bad. I and thought you were done. I'm sorry. My next receiver. Yeah, this is how I win. I get extra. I get more players slots than y'all. That, you know, that's <laughs> probably right. Or, or Doug and I just have to knock guys off your roster, you know. <laughs> you don't get a flex or a super flex this week. <laughs> RJ Maryland is my last receiver tight end for SMU. Uh, I'm all in on SMU versus TCU because in my flex, I've got Bucky Irving, uh, Oregon starting running back there at 7,500. And my super flex is Chandler Morris quarterback for TCU 7,800. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I've, I've really tried to get back to getting a quarterback in my super flex. I just have not had, not had the ability to, maneuver the rest of my lineup to get there so we'll see how that hurts me this week probably will just like last week but i am literally putting my money where my mouth is Mm. and i'm starting shador again in my quarterback position 9500 i just until until he gives me a reason to not believe in him i'm going to uh once he has a bad game then it's going to change but he has exceeded expectations in every single game this year so i'm going to roll with him yeah, uh, I mean, yep. they can lose and get crushed, and he can still put up fantasy points. Yeah, it's right. like, uh, you know, Justin Fields in the NFL where, you know, he sucks. The Bears aren't going to win a lot of games, but he might do okay in fantasy. So I got uh, Rasheen Ali from Marshall and sw- only at $6,000 at, uh, at my first running back spot. Got Devin Neal uh, from Kansas at my other running back spot at 5900 uh, both of those running backs have scored a touchdown in every game they played this year. So I like the fact that they're finding a way to get to the end zone. Uh, Jaheim Bell 
from Florida State, another player who uh, has scored in every game he's played in this year. Uh, I tried. I, you see, there's a little game. I think yeah. he didn't stat in the second game. Mm-mm. Well, you know what? You I take it back. He didn't stat. He didn't stat. He did. A, he got a. He got a touchdown the first week. Touchdown in the third week. Yeah. Then I got a draw Bradley from Texas Tech mm-hmm. uh, at my other wide receiver spot at 5900. Uh, both BMAC, I mean, both Doug and I went with the Evan Stewart pick over BMAC, so we both decided we needed to get that Evan Stewart pick in there at 6700. My flex is Trey Sanders from TCU. Interesting. At uh, 4700. He's and got a nose for the end zone, man. Yeah. Yep. He's, and then my, my super right flex back. is uh, Jamari Thrash, again, a guy that has reached the end zone in every game he's played in so far this year for Louisville um, with four TDs. And so he's my super flex at 66. Wanted to get a quarterback at that spot. But other than Bradley, I try to get uh, try to get guys that have had a nose for the end zone every game that they possibly could to see what I can do to overtake BMAC, who's on a, a win streak right now in this thing. It's yeah, I literally – Hey, two I literally two. made every pick on my DFS with the intention of saving money for Bo Nix at the end. So. <laughs> hey, two, two, a two-game win streak is two games too many, BMAC. We I'm can't be having that. Streak, so. Let's see if we can make it four. <laughs> well, you guys are welcome to come hang out this weekend. We've got a heck of a slate, and I'll be watching football all day. You know, you got a great game every hour every block, game. so – you guys are welcome. Hit me up if you want to hang out, but uh, I can't wait to watch this slate and uh, won't be traveling to the swamp this week. So I, I'm excited about that too. Just getting to watch it all from the house. So that's going to be fun, but um, I've yeah, got nothing else. I think that concludes it unless uh, you guys have anything. Let's say talking about the, the slates of games real fast. You got the FSU Clemson at noon. Then you've got Ole Miss Alabama at three 30. And then Ohio State, Notre Dame, which I think is the mm. big, big game this weekend at 730. That could be um, playoff potential in that game for sure for playoff. the winner of that game. Yeah. My boys are playing on Friday night two weeks in a row. What kind of an oddity of scheduling is that to have NC State play in the Friday night lights game against high school football two weeks in a row? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be clear as far as that goes. Um, if you guys are in Ocala, Especially you guys, if you're in your office on Friday night, um, yeah, go to the office on Friday, then head on over to the farmer's market for the Ocala Punk Rock Flea Market. I'll be set up over there Friday from 5 to 10. Nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, we'll go from there, man. It's been a good week. We're going to see if we can figure out what's going on in my video because I know that we don't want to be seeing me do this nonsense. It's frustrating, <laughs> but you can still hear you can still hear the fun. You can still have fun with us. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you're up there on Discord. Make sure you're giving us your input. Um, We want to know your questions. We want to know your news and notes so that we can get them on the show so that we can shout you out. Oh, Uh, we we did get a question. Demo 27. Um, I'm I'm going to have to. (laughs) Yeah, we got an NFL question here. (laughs) Um, That was from earlier in the show. But uh, (laughs) Demo 27. Man, Josh since Alan Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to take that one up in the. Yeah, I'll let you answer that in the. I'll, t- um, I'll take care of that for you, demo twenty-seven. In the, I'm, these guys know that I'm a I'm a pro freak, so I will 
I will take that question after the show is over. Yeah, in the Discord. So you can kind of take that one down. Might, might want to just go ahead and answer it on YouTube too. But yeah, hey, you like know what? subscribe. It helps a ton if you're able to do that. And uh, yeah. You know what I do? I do have a shout out. I do have a shout out real quick to one of the guys in our home league, Mike Davis. Mike Davis could have stolen a win this week because of a statistical error in fan tracks that absolutely would have, I would have never known one of his guys. They errantly credited him um, with an additional touchdown should not have been in there. He beat me by 0.7 points. He said, no, I mean, you should have won. My guy got credited with two receptions, 96 yards and two touchdowns. He really only had one reception for 79 yards and a touchdown. What happened was his player was number 10, number 11, got the next one. So we think it was just a finger flub in the system, but he could have just sat there. I would have never known. So big shout out to him because you want to win and you want to, you want to always be able to get that dub, but you don't want to get it by some kind of nefarious means. So I appreciate that. If you're in a league and you have a situation like that happen, always get the win um, through, uh, through honesty and through better decision-making than your opponent, not because of some, some nonsense in the system. So big Love shout out to Mike you or Mike Davis. Davis. Mike Davis, the shout man. out. Love it. He's the man. He is the man. All right. Well, I appreciate it, everyone. We'll see you guys in the Discord, and we'll see you Saturday morning for the DFS-focused show, Start, Sit, Show. It'll be fun. Y'all have a great one. See you guys. See you. See you. Thank you for listening to the CFB Dynasty Podcast. Help us out by subscribing on YouTube and reviewing us on your podcast network.